uh, all eyes on the new year, right? Because we got a new year coming up. And uh, what do you want? Here's the question. What do you want? What do you pray for? What do you hope for in 2020 that would make it full of contentment and joy? Here's the thing. You can have a new year of contentment and joy. We're going to talk about how, how God guarantees that, okay? And, and what you and I can do to have that. So God wants you to have a new year of contentment and joy. I want that. You want that. So what are those things that, that you want um, to happen this year that you pray about? I'm going to, I'm going to start off. Um, Quincy, as many of you know, is expecting her first. It's a, it's a boy, and, and I'm hoping for a healthy boy. So I'm going to write healthy boy on here because he's going to get spoiled and loved on. And who else? What else you got? But I'm going to put some prompts up, and these might help you. In 2020, I'm counting on being this thin. I don't know. I don't know. I hope we have a, uh, a, a great year, a healthy year. What, what? Anybody? Hands up. Yeah. Kelly. You want to be a better person. A better person, healed shoulder. Okay. I'm going to write better person on one side, shoulder on the other. I don't know if you could be a better person, man. You're a pretty good great man to start with anybody else come on come on there's no i don't want like churchy and i want peace on earth good will to yes i know that what what are you hoping for this year you nothing yes paula all you can be okay okay all paula can be okay anybody else there's no wrong answers here I'm just, you know, you're becoming part of my Jenga game. What? Yes. Alive. You want to be alive. <laughs> All right, Rose. Shoot for the stars there, girl. <laughs> Love you. Okay. Rose is going to be alive. Anybody else? Come on. Wait, where are you? John, yeah. You, you, you have one that needs to be fixed? Okay, motorhome fixed. Okay. Um, oh, is that Bill? Okay. Bill wants to be more loving. Good for you, man. Okay. Uh, anybody else? Anybody else? Yeah. Yeah, John. I bet you're the only person in this room <laughs> that feels that way. Okay, so give me, give, me, give me a block size way to say that, John. Do what God wants you to do. All right. That's, that's good. You want a motorhome? I got a Jenga set for Christmas. Okay. Anybody else? I got two more that need, uh, that need, uh, that need stuff. Yeah, Sarah, go ahead. How old are you? Thirteen. I'm just getting to that. I'm 54. Good on you. 
Okay, manage time. Wow. Nothing like making me feel stupid. Okay, manage time better. God bless you, girl. I got one more. Come on. I know there's a ton out there. Oh, Josh. Yeah. Yeah, man. Safety for Lauren. And, and by the way, that, that is, you know, that is part of law enforcement. And we we're grateful for you and all of our, our military. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, law enforcement and military. Okay. Safety. Spelling doesn't count. Okay. <laughs> Would you agree? Would you agree that they are, these are all good things, including the ones that you did not share? These are all good things. And if we got all these good things, that would make for a year that is happy. That is happy. However, when you do this, you don't put these on the top. These become often... I think I messed this up. The foundation of your joy. Right? They go on the bottom. They become the foundation of your joy. Right? The things that we want and we wish for and we pray for because we want to have the kind of life. They become the foundation. And so here's the warning. Don't make these goals when thens. Don't make them when thens. What I mean by that is when this happens, then I'll have the joy I want. When this happens, then I'll be content. Because when these things become when then, when you get them, you have joy and you have contentment. When you don't, you're down, right? Do you ever deal with this? When these things happen, you feel great. You're up. When they don't, you're disappointed. You're down. And so you ride the roller coaster of joy. Roller coaster of joy. Say what? Okay, I just lost most of you. Okay, after the service, the old people are going to explain it to the younger people. We're going to be good. But, but we don't have to have that. We don't have to have that. That roller coaster of joy. That if these things become our everything and we remove them, then this becomes a very shaky foundation. Don't you see that? We can't make these things the foundation of our joy or this happens. And we all know what this feels like. Do we not? But, some of you would be quick to remind me. We are believers in Jesus Christ. We have a secret weapon. It is a verse. It is a life verse for many of you, for, for many Americans, for many Christians all over the world. Philippians 4.13, we have a superpower to make sure that this stuff happens, right? To do all that we can. Here it is, right? For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength, right? The way most of us understand this is that God, because we believe in him, 
has given us a superpower to engineer circumstances to line up with those things that would give us contentment and joy. However, I need to quote the famous theologian Inigo Montoya. You keep quoting that verse. I do not think it means what you think it means. Right? There are just two problems, but they're big problems with the way that we often think about I could do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Number one is this. It produces joy substitutes or idols. Now let's unpack this. Let's unpack this a little bit. First, wanting power to achieve anything to change our circumstances so that we can have contentment and joy means that, follow this, contentment and joy come from favorable and desired circumstances. When then? What is that for you? What is the when then? You can't have contentment right now. You can't have joy right now because of a when then in your life. And it's not then, right? What is that? It ought not be, because that is a joy substitute. Let's go on. It makes the foundation of our contentment and joy something other than Jesus Christ. Do you see that? And a joy substitute is another name for an idol. And idols produce and provide discontent, not joy. Do not hear me saying that all these things, named and unnamed, are bad things. They're not. They just can't be the foundation of your joy. They can't be the things that have to happen for you to have contentment and joy. And if they don't, you don't got it. Right? Listen to me. Your goal, whatever it is, your job, your child, your child's success, your vacation, your body type, your body weight, your bank balance, your house, your car, your truck is never going to provide you with contentment and joy. They never will. They never can. They can mimic joy by providing happiness when they're happening. But as soon as they're not happening, it's just like a drug. Take it from one who knows. It's just like a drug that when you come down from it, you come down to your baseline heart level, wherever that is. So rather, here's what we do. Rather than change our baseline heart level, let God do that, we put more pressure on these things to happen more frequently or more intensely so that we can have substitute joy. And you don't need to do it. So the the third thing I want to unpack here is that contentment and joy that only exists when circumstances are favorable isn't supernatural. It's entirely natural. And we don't come here, we don't press into Jesus to live the life that we could have without him, right? Which is no life at all. You don't need a superpower for that. 
to be up when things are good and down when things are bad. But thankfully, we have something better. The second reason that, that, that we got a problem with that interpretation of that beautiful verse, and we're going to talk about what it means, is this, that's not what God promises. That's not what the verse means. It means something far better. Better. Can you imagine something better than that? Better than a superpower. For you to be able to, through prayer and through work, to engineer your circumstances so that they are desirable and give you contentment and joy. Is there something better? Paul says there is. The writer of, of this passage. But to find out what it really means, we got to back it up. we got to back the truck up. Two and a half verses, okay? Back to the middle of verse 11. Paul writes this. This is what it means. For I have learned how to be, what's that word? Content. Content, underline, if you've got your worksheets, if you're on the app, if you're in your Bibles. I have learned how to be content with what? Whatever I have. So this is not about the superpower to engineer things so that I can be in a circumstance to be. This is being content with whatever is going on. Whatever I have. Here's, here's what being content means. Content is satisfied and joyful. Why? Because you already have what you most want. You already have what you most want. So, so that's the secret. He goes on. He goes on. He says, I know how to live on almost nothing, and I know how to live with everything, like lottery winning, winning everything, okay? I have learned the secret. The secret. Why is it a secret? Because people don't know this. We, in large part, even those who know it, don't know it, right? We can know it. The secret of living in what? Every situation. If you're an underliner, underline that. If you're a circler, circle that. If you're a highlighter, highlight that. Would you say that every situation encompasses the situation that you're in now or you fear you might be in or that you hope that you will be in? Would, th would that be every situation? He knows the secret, God's word, of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, plenty or little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. That is what it's about. It's about knowing Jesus, building him as the foundation of our contentment and joy so that in every circumstance, now this is heavy because some of your circumstances are pretty heavy, right? We can have contentment and even joy in the sorrow, even joy in the loss, even joy in the not knowing, right? It worked for Paul. It worked for Paul. And he was always content. And Paul, Paul had a life that none of us would want. None of us would want, right? He, he's writing this from a prison, but he's been through a lot. Let me tell you about his trials in his own words. Second Corinthians, here it is. Five times 
I received at the hands of the Jews the 40 lashes less one. That's going to leave a mark, right? Right? Oh, my goodness. Now, you just say, why 40 lashes less, less one? Because they didn't want to kill the guy, right? They were experts at torture. torture. They figured out that with 40 of the cat and nine you would, you would die usually. So they subtracted one because this was about torture. Five times he did. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Not in the doobie sense, right? right? But three times. Three times I was shipwrecked. Three times. Oh, Paul is coming on this cruise with us? I, I think I'm doing Royal Caribbean, right? <laughs> He's not coming on a cruise. Three times. A night and a day I was adrift at sea on frequent journeys in danger from rivers, in danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers. Are you, are you seeing a pattern here of danger? In toil and hardship through many a sleepless night, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure, which you only get when you're homeless. Okay? If that can work for Paul, that can work for you, and that can work for me. That can work for me. I so want a healthy baby boy next door to me for my daughter and my son-in-law, but that cannot be the foundation of my joy and contentment because too many of you know that is not guaranteed. And if that's pulled out, this happens. And God wants more for you than this. You build your joy on anything other than Jesus Christ as the foundation. And you have a shaky foundation at best. But what we're invited to do is that in the Jenga game of our lives, we make the cross, we make Jesus the foundation of our joy. And we build everything on that. We build all our hopes, all our prayers, all our contentment, we build it on Him because He will not be moved. And you will not be moved if He is the foundation of all your joy and contentment. And all these other things, I'm not saying they're not important, but they're built on the foundation that cannot be moved. My goal is to not undermine the power of what God wants to and can do in and through you. Yes, you can do all things through Christ that he wills for you to do. Yes, you can, far greater than you've ever dreamed. Right? If he calls you to, you could say to that mountain, you had a faith the size of a mustard seed, you'd be uprooted, be thrown in. Yes, you can. You can do that which is unexplainable if he calls you to it. 
And I'm not diminishing that in the least. And you should do everything that you do in the strength that God gives you. Because he does. Yes, you should do all things through Christ who gives you strength. I'm only saying, though, that in misapplying this incredible promise, we miss a joy superpower that is far more miraculous and life-changing than the one we often mistakenly exchange it for. Do you see that? So Paul says this. Let's say what it, what it does mean. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. And I think where we fall down is in the do, the do word. Because we think of do as accomplish. We think of do as accomplish. I can accomplish anything. I can win anything. I can achieve anything. I can earn anything. I can change anything. Right? That's what we think. I can do. It's finding the inner reality of your heart to build all your joy and contentment on Jesus Christ. I can have contentment and joy regardless of my circumstances. I want you to think of this verse this way. I can have contentment and joy in every circumstance because I have Jesus and he is my contentment and joy. Can you do anything? I can do that in Christ. The world can't do that alone. You can do that in Christ. Can, can you, for a minute, think about living a life like that where your contentment and joy is unshakable, is untouchable? Persecution can't do it. Death can't do it. Poverty can't do it. Sickness can't do it. Job problems can't do it. Marital problems can't do it. Kids confusing us and I can't do it. Can't do it. Can you imagine being able to truthfully say that your batteries are out? That my contentment and joy in Jesus is so overwhelming Nothing and no one can take it, shake it, touch it. Can you imagine? And because of that, I don't have to look to other things. I don't have to look for these things to provide me with contentment and joy. I already have it. Because when we count on these things to give us contentment and joy, they are a constant source of disappointment. And we go into this cycle of hope and disappointment. Hope and disappointment. Hope and disappointment. Do, do you live that? Some of us do. And some of us become perfectionists in our lives because, because of this, right? We're going to make this one thing. We're going to make this place. We're going to make this countertop. We're going to make this job. We're going to make this perfect in a way that nothing else seems to be. Right? But there's hope. There's hope because there is perfection. It's just not ours. It is in us and we have it in Christ. 
right? And ironically, ironically, that when we make Jesus the foundation of our contentment and joy, we end up enjoying these things more, not less. Why? Because we're not asking them to do that which they were never designed to do. Provide contentment and joy. We see them. We enjoy them for what they are. A temporary reflection of Jesus' permanent love and goodness and mercy and grace. We can, we can stop putting all the pressure on the people and the things that, that we hope for and enjoy them not as substitutes, but as supplements because our contentment and joy and the foundation of it is, is Jesus. Look, here's one, one, one thing. Let's see. Oh, yeah, you're going home soon. Okay. You are never, get this, you are never going to have the blank to end all blanks. You are never going to enjoy the meal to end all meals. You're going to get hungry again. You're never going to have the house to end all houses, the vacation to end all vacations, the car, the job, the, the success, the paycheck, the whatever you got to end all whatever you got. You have a love relationship with the God to end all gods. And that's more than enough to provide you with an eternity of contentment and joy. Unless you don't. And if you don't have that, you can. You can. Because Paul found joy. He says, look, I got Jesus, and Jesus is my joy. He's the creator and the sustainer of all things. He, he created me. And when I left him, he came to rescue me. And, and then he lived for me. And he died on the cross for my sins, past, present, future, for me as my substitute, right? He erased the relational distance between me and God, now and forever, for me. He rose again to new life, which is indestructible. And now my life is indestructible because he lives in me and he never dies. So even though this body falls apart, I'm going on, right? The real me, the soul of me, the, right? He's got a new body. And that's a, that's a message for another day. For me, and he lives and reigns for me. And he allows me to live in his kingdom with him now and forever. Right now and forever. And in his presence, there is fullness of joy. That, that is the God to end all gods. And that's what you got. Before we said contentment was being at peace because the thing you most want is the thing you already got. With Jesus as the foundation for your contentment and joy, you can have as much contentment in losses as in wins. Does that mean you don't try to win? No! Try to win. You get a loss? It's okay. It's okay. You can have as much contentment in richness as in poverty. 
You can have as much contentment in sickness as in health. This is starting to sound like marriage vows, isn't it? Well, given that, given that, hey, um, you know, we're in a church. I'm a pastor. Why don't, why don't we renew our vows to Jesus to establish him as the foundation of our contentment and joy? Okay? Okay? So if this is your desire to do this, either for the first time or to re-renew your vow, okay? We're going we're gonna to do it. I, wa- I, want you to, I want you to say this out loud. Repeat after me. And, and don't say Tom, because that's going to mess everything up, okay? <laughs> I, say your name, take you, Jesus. I, Tom, take you, Jesus, to be my Lord, Savior, contentment, and joy. Okay, here's how it works. When the pastor says something, then you repeat it. Did you ever get married? Some of you did. I wonder if it's stuck because you did it wrong. Okay. Take you, Jesus, to be my Lord, Savior, contentment, and joy. Lord, Savior. I promise to love, honor, and obey you. To love, honor, and obey. Forsaking all others and all substitute joys from this day forward, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish, and at death the joy really starts. Thank you. I now pronounce you eternally content in Jesus Christ. You may now follow your Savior with joy. What God has joined together, let no substitute joy ever separate. If you did that, not just this way, but this way, then I have a prediction for your 2020. Here it is. Discontent. You're on the bench. Joy, suit up. You're going in. Amen. It all has to do on what is the foundation of your contentment and joy. Can that be taken from you, stolen from you, threatened? Only in Jesus. And you can have it. Let's pray. Lord, um, we come to you, people with hopes and dreams. Um, and so often, uh, I and my friends, Lord, we let our, our heart's content and our joy be dependent on whether those things happen or don't. And right now, Lord, the best way we know how, we want to say, Lord, we want you to be the foundation of all our contentment and joy. Lord, for those who need to receive you as Lord and Savior, that they would do that. But those who have, Lord, that we would go deep to know that regardless of circumstance, the thing we most want is the thing that we most have. Lord, you promise, you promise a superpower for us to know and live in that way. 
And Lord, that will give us strength to do anything, to walk through anything, as long as you are with us. We love you. We bring you it all in Jesus' beautiful name. Amen. Hey, I'm going to hang out by that back door. Um, if you.